This podcast is a project of the Mass Cultural Council. We believe in the power of culture, the arts, humanities, and sciences to enrich communities, advance equity, and foster creativity. If you look at residential property values, the more arts you got going on in the community, the higher those values are. We can directly tie that to the arts activity. And if you're a mayor of a small city, that's really vital to you because you don't get your value necessarily from your downtown, but you get it from the surrounding neighborhoods. Hi, I'm Anita Walker at the Mass Cultural Council, and welcome to Creative Minds Out Loud. Our guest today is Ben Foreman. He is director of Gateway Cities Innovation Institute at Mass Inc., and welcome to our program. Oh, thanks, Anita. It's great to be with you. So I'm going to just start asking sort of a basic question. What are Gateway Cities? Gateway Cities are the regional cities all around our Commonwealth that really are places where our cultural institutions sit. Uh, They've been vital to regional growth and economic development for generations. I think many of us, our grandparents, probably got their start in a gateway city, or if not in the city, in a community surrounding them. So whether it's New Bedford or Worcester or Pittsfield or Springfield or Lawrence or Lowell, uh, they have an older industrial legacy, uh, but they continue to be vital places with regional hospitals, state universities, uh, again, the cultural institutions. And so for uh, 10 years or so now, we've really focused our effort on thinking about how we continue to make sure that these places are are vital and vibrant because they really are sort of that economic engine to a lot of communities around our state. And they're sort of home base. They're sort of the centerpiece of particular regions, as you said. One of the things that we like at the Mass Cultural Council is that you really um, have seen a way to harness arts and culture as a driver of uh, revitalization. Yeah, I don't know if it was really intentional. Maybe the artist brought it to us. I don't know. We've been thinking about creative placemaking for a while. Uh, But as we've learned more about it and seen more of it, I think we found not only is it kind of a primary economic and community development strategy, but it actually is often the very first place to start. You know, if I were elected mayor of uh, some... Pittsfield. Pittsfield or any gateway city, and I'm thinking about how I kind of, where I build from, I think the arts would be kind of um, my first play. I I mentioned Pittsfield because when you said if I were elected mayor, Mayor Roberto, a few mayors ago, was elected mayor of Pittsfield on the platform of revitalizing the downtown through arts and culture and one of the first projects being uh, the revitalization of the Colonial Theater there and then attracting Barrington Stage. And this was years ago at a time when it could easily have been seen as sort of a frivolous idea. Yeah, and for us, all our work goes back to Mayor Roberto. Um, the Gateway City's work at Mass Inc. was started by John Schneider, who grew up in Pittsfield and had a real connection to it. And when he put it together as a research project, that's how it began before it became more of the kind of movement as we think of it today. It was just a p- paper that we as a nonprofit think tank put out to talk about how vital these places are. And Mayor Roberto kind of chaired the advisory committee for that project. So we were working with him. Maybe that's why we got into arts-based economic development early on, because he was doing it there in Pittsfield naturally because of, you know, the endowments of arts and culture in that region. But the reason why I say it is the primary economic development strategy and and the right starting point is because the first thing you need to do as a leader is get your community to believe that your city is special and has a bright uh, future ahead of it. And Mayor Roberto felt like his residents weren't believing. And that's true of older industrial cities all around the, the country. In fact, there's, you know, um, sociologists have written about this complex, people internalizing economic change and feeling like 
uh, it was their failure as a community. Uh, whereas, I mean, that's obviously not true. All across the country, every city that's an older industrial city has really had a difficult stretch <laughs> for several decades. So it's not the fault of the people in those communities. And, but it is up to them to, to figure a way out in a path forward. And you need to do that collaboratively and you need to do it with some sort of positive vision. And there's nobody like artists to get that conversation going. And that's what uh, Mayor Roberto did in Pittsfield over 10 years ago. I think he, it was, uh, to some degree, an uphill battle for him because people were saying, this isn't real economic development. Where's my job in a plant? Um, you know, something in a coffee shop's not going to do or an art gallery. But, you know, Mayor Roberto said you had to have patience and we have to start somewhere and build from our strengths. And so that's what he did, um, and he overcame. And if you look at Pittsfield now, you can't doubt that that was the right approach because while the city still has some very real challenges, um, it's not kind of being torn apart at the seams. People are working together. They're not rejecting the outsiders, a lot of new people and new blood that have come to the city. I think they're really thinking about, okay, you know, we've got to start through the arts. Uh, it's revitalized our main street uh, in our historic buildings. And how do we build from there and celebrate this, this great strength that we have? You know, I love the fact that you talk about the need for sort of hope and comp confidence and optimism as really sort of the first step in any uh, revitalization of a community. If the people don't believe, don't don't really see a future for themselves there, they're not going to be able to make a future for themselves there. And you are so right about the arts. Um, so as you know, Mass Cultural Council certifies cultural districts. We now have 43 state certified cultural districts. Um, just created in the last five years. And what these really are, communities that have stepped up, come forward and said, you know, we want to focus on what's real and special and authentic about our place. We don't want to become Austin or Portland, Oregon. There's something really important here that means something to us, and how do we build and capitalize on that? And it's really sort of the essence of creative placemaking. Yeah, I think, you know, as a mayor, right, you have to think about where you're going to get your, your arts energy from and I think a lot of mayors look to their downtowns for that but I think what's most interesting is it comes back to the city through their residential property and we've seen that actually from I think research that you've supported is that if you look at residential property values the more arts you got going on in the community the higher those values are and we can directly tie that to the arts activity and if you're a mayor of a small city that's really vital to you because you don't get your value necessarily from your downtown but you get it from the surrounding neighborhoods but there's there's more to tax in those surrounding neighborhoods if you have a lot of vitality in, in your, on your main street that becomes a real amenity and an asset to the community that that builds property values up so that you can pay for services and make your community a great place for families to live and it's, it's really a little bit different from our major cities like Boston most of the value overwhelmingly comes from you know where we are right now downtown Boston in that commercial high-rises and yeah. businesses right so, uh, you know, obviously they get some value too out of having the park here and their employees being able to walk out there for lunch or something like that. But I don't think it's quite the same as the kind of residential value you can get from the kinds of cultural districts you guys are building all around the state. And I think uh, municipal leaders really need to take stock of that when they think about the kinds of really, really modest public investments we make in those districts in the outside return that comes from that it's you know it's not every easy for everybody to see that direct connection but it's true that it's there
What do you think, um, so the notion of creative economy, of creative placemaking, you know, we've been talking about it, you know, for at least 10 years, 15 years probably, ever since the, since Richard Florida um, told us about the rise of the creative class and how communities large and small, rural and urban could, you know, uh, think about the creative economy as a driver. Um, so now here we are, 10, 15 years later, what do you think are some of the biggest challenges um, moving this kind of an agenda forward, especially in struggling communities? Yeah, well, then you get to a whole other sort of level of economic impact, right? And I focus more on the first, the community neighborhood sort of piece and quality of life and participation in the arts. I'm less of an expert on the creative economy, and I can't follow Richard Florida in his mind as it spins all around. It seems well, he's kind of he's kind of come full yeah, circle yeah. in the last ten years, but yeah. he did name it and yeah. and kind of give it some cachet. And it's to me, it seems intuitive that that's what we do in this country, especially in this Commonwealth, is we create things and we don't necessarily make things. And so, there's another sort of strong argument for being a creative place that's going to attract creative people to innovate, right? And and um, Obviously, we can kind of capture that and see that growth. My particular kind of interest in that area would be, okay, where is the balance of that work going to happen? Is that going to be in Cambridge? Um, or is it going to be in Worcester? That, you know, that's the kind of way I've been thinking about it. Um, we certainly have seen a lot of creative people that have spent time in Boston and San Francisco and New York returning to their roots in gateway cities in being entrepreneurial with creative businesses. Um, I'm not sure I'd call it a trend quite yet, uh, but I think that's kind of where we got to be in, our, in building a strategy is, okay, we're starting to see that flow. How do we really tap that um, and make it so that people uh, are looking, when they're looking at a Brooklyn versus, uh, um, you know, a Worcester Theater District, they're seeing the positives to, to both. And, um, and we're getting more of those people choosing the Worcester. I, I was uh, speaking of uh, communities that are reinventing themselves. So North Adams, I was out there recently and talking to the mayor. Of course, is a great um, enthusiast and evangelist for the future of North Adams. But one of the things that he was telling me about that that when young people move back to North Adams that they like, or first of all, affordability, you can literally get a house for fifty thousand dollars, which is mind-boggling when you think of living in Boston or any place in greater Boston. Um, but secondly, there's a, a, a sort of an attitude in young people that they don't want to move to a place that's done already. They want to feel like they have some sort of participation in shaping the city, something that's still a little gritty, something that still has, you know, work to be done as opposed to, uh, you know, a shiny, all-finished thing. That I think we definitely are seeing as sort of a trend. I mean, there are urban pioneers, for lack of a better term, for those folks, people that are drawn to challenges, right? And the work in the Bostons of the world is is done to agree. Not that our major cities don't have challenges, but there's plenty of hands to tackle the work that's left to do um, in, in really figuring out a place like Springfield or figuring out a, a Holyoke. It's going to take a special person to do that. And we're seeing them, uh, people signing up for that job. And I think that is a promising, a promising trend. And um, an exciting future for a lot of Gateway Cities. Ben Foreman, who's the director of Gateway Cities Innovation Institute at Mass Inc., another one of our creative minds out loud. Thank you, Anita. To learn more about this episode and to subscribe, visit creativemindsoutloud.org.